1: Me, Ben Hobson.
2: And me, Jane McGuire.
1: Today we're speaking about the meteoric rise of Rose Harvey, lawyer and 227 marathon runner.
2: Whoosh! Just great. A double whammy of
1: overachieving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? Can we do do our own one of that? You know, like uh, uh, sort of... Fairly unknown journalist. Fairly unknown journalist with (laughs)
3: mediocre
1: 5K time (laughs)
3: and uh, a full-time job. Ben Hobson. Yeah,
1: He once finished four for the Peckham Rye Park run. (laughs) Your friend of mine, Rick Pearson. (laughs) What's yours, Jane? Come on. I don't even
2: know. What would mine be? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Although I will say that I've had a few messages about people doing the joy plan. So maybe that can be my thing. I feel like I've started a movement of maybe like five people who are like... Trying to follow the joy <laughs> plan, so that I'll worm that in somehow. Uh, that good, how
3: yeah. how is the joy plan going?
2: Um, yeah, really good. It's kind of I don't want to don't want to throw shade on the half marathon. I'm doing a half marathon in April, and mm-hmm. I'm slowly kind of. I kind of I said to Rick last time I was on the podcast. I'm just going to go along, see what happens. But Mm. then I kind of was thinking the other day, that's a bit stupid, isn't it? Like a half marathon isn't something you just turn up to. It's not. I need to do a bit more long rounds, a bit more training. And then immediately I I start feeling a bit stressed about that.
1: Yeah. Then (laughs) then is it a joy plan anymore? It's suddenly suddenly, just a half marathon. Yeah, exactly. It's
2: suddenly slipping away. But I think I'm not going to So do you,
3: are you going to embrace being completely joyful and just get to the half marathon? And if you have to, like, would you find joy in walking half of it?
2: I don't know if I, I just don't know. I think I'm not going to run further than eight miles because that's like as long as the long run I want to do right now. And then I think on the day I won't, I'm not putting any time goals yeah, on fine. it. i just going to go out. Joyful. And if I enjoy it, I enjoy it. And if I hate it, then I'll just never run again.
3: Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the joy plan needs to have like, the races should be joyful. Everything should be about the joy plan should be joyful. Exactly. Right? Okay. It's good. Yeah,
2: and I keep thinking of when I did um, the Brooklyn half mm. a few weeks after London Marathon and I obviously had done a marathon but hadn't run for two weeks and I thought I'll just go and I walked bits and I called people and I FaceTimed my mum and I just had a great time so I probably won't do Maybe I'll FaceTime you guys and you can record it for the podcast but I Perfect. mean <laughs> I'll Perfect. just just try and enjoy it and and kind of soak up doing I haven't done a race since London and this is also it's the landmarks half so I feel like I've never done it it's kind of a bit of the London route again so just oh, try and enjoy I think enjoy I think the bit. crowds will be out as and, well now
3: you know we've kind of yeah. now that we're all now that we're all so successfully living with Covid um I think that everything will be you know the crowds will be out and uh, away we go
1: I think it sounds good well speaking about living with Covid I, I have actually been living with Covid the last week I've I've been uh, I tested positive. Oh, really? That's tested strange because there's, there's no restrictions anymore. It's, I'm ashamed. It's weird that you've got it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still around. Um, I shared my first negative test this morning, but um can confirm Woo-hoo. it's a pretty rotten thing to get. It's two quite bad days. Yep. And then um, probably sort of protracted recovery of like not feeling brilliant. But um, yeah, we, we got it. I think, I, I think again, it's, it's it's one of those sort of things where, yeah, it is still around. And, and although, although the rules are changing a little bit, it's still something that, yeah needs to be treated with a lot of caution, I think. Um but yeah anyway Definitely. that was me. Well it's good. The silver line in Rick is that you've got
3: it whilst being generally incapacitated anyway. That's true. I so wasn't running anyway so yeah. You weren't running true. anyway. So your knee has sort of knee surgery has allowed you to not feel totally like when I, I got it, and I was just like, "Oh, I want to go running," and I
1: couldn't. And yeah, like, that's, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I am getting all my ailments together in a kind of yeah, cluster. True. Get them all out of the way now. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, has anyone else been any running though? Oh, sorry, Ben. Um, well, the knee. I was going to uh, ask. Come on. Give knee us an is improving. 30 is improving seconds of knee. Yeah, just thirty seconds. Um, knee is improving pretty well actually. Uh, I think I could do a bit of a run now, but I am going to just give it another couple of weeks, um, and then I'll do some run walking, and you know, fully hoping to be back running regularly by uh by the end of april and then i'm going to start um looking at a few summer races why not
3: oh, go go for your go for yes, your please. life wreck. yes
1: please yes please. Oh, yes please look
2: at this come back
1: undiscovered talent well a bit like <laughs> rose harvey our guest well I, yeah I'm, I'm going to try and get come forth again at the peck and ride park <laughs> run <laughs> dream big bed dream big Dream big, mate. Dream <laughs> big. Oh, I spoke with uh, Tom Evans. That was one of the more interesting things I did uh, last week. So Tom Evans, one of the, one of our great British trail runners, but he's, he's had a very serious injury where he had to have IT band lengthening surgery, oh my which something I'd heard much about. But while they were doing that, they sorted out a few cartilage issues as well. And he's been out for six months, but makes his return. Um, and uh, it was very inspiring talking to him because it's like, you know, that's a much bit longer kind of um rehab um going on there but one of the things he was talking about was how he's changed his attitude to more cross training so he's I think he's actually only running now about five days a week he was running every day and he was sort of saying you know what what am I not getting from an easy cycle ride that an easy run would get me like aerobically um you know very there wouldn't be very much difference but actually I'm feeling completely refreshed when I then go back and do a run the the following day so uh, I do think that this cross training if, it, if it's cycling or rowing or whatever it is a lot of runners are going mm. in that direction and it's something that's um makes a lot of sense I think yeah definitely obviously you've got to run as well yeah
2: someone said didn't they I think it was Lewis um mm. said to me that your heart and your lungs yeah. don't know do they what you're doing they just know they're working hard so you know I think it's and that's probably a good message to anyone mm He's injured, I guess, maybe, and stressing about that little dot on Strava that says you're your watch telling you're de-training. You're not. <laughs> your heart doesn't know that you're on a bike or in a pool.
3: But do you think that like cross training is this is just speculative, we might not even include this. But do you think that the that, that people who like hard 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 definers of like I am a runner find it very hard to deviate from doing just running? Do you think that ties into it? Because I know that like That's kind of like one of the things that we talk about. Oh, try swimming, try to do And you'd be like, no, I'm a runner. I can't possibly do anything but run.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, and the more serious you get into it, you're probably more aware of what your teammates or people who might be rivals are are doing. And then if you're like, oh God, I'm I'm not running as much as that person. How can I therefore compete in running? Um, Yeah. I, I think so. I think so.
2: I think every runner I've ever met is also a bit of a creature of habit. And I think we get into the habit of, um, I was talking to my brother about this, where it's like, oh, I run commute because then I can fit my miles in. And then when I'm injured and you say, oh, you need to go to the gym or you need to get on a bike or you need to go to the pool, it's like, I don't have time to do that. Because you would kind of, <laughs> do I mean? You find ways to fit running yeah. into your life because you love running, mm. whereas other things yeah, yeah. feel like a task to fit in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think we're just getting our little kind of, I guess that's probably one of the benefits of running, not swimming you can't really swim to work can you unless <laughs> no
1: <laughs> probably not for <Yeah>, <laughs> c- certain jobs oil you're David Williams, workers, I mean. you shouldn't really <laughs> be swimming to work um, in the
2: Thames. Yeah. so why are you
1: um why are you late ben uh yeah swam to work again didn't I? <laughs> swam, swam, awful awful journey <laughs>
2: <laughs> just horrible for a road That's to work I or i think i guess cross-training is probably but then in this in this post covid world we've all got We've all found means to cross-train at home, haven't we? So maybe not anymore, yeah. but I think yeah. before, right, like we just tend to stick to running, don't we?
3: We do. Oh yeah, on that note, if anyone wants to send me a new kettlebell, do, because <laughs> I, I need some kettle.
1: so anyone listening who's got that mad hook-up for kettlebells, <laughs> let me know. So uh, Jane, t- tell us about the origin story for the next guest, because this is someone that you've you've sourced this one.
2: Yeah, so I met Rose through our dogs. I think the it's funny, the people you meet walking the dog. And we when we met, um I don't know how we got on we got onto topic of running, like every runner does. And Rose said, Oh, I'm a runner too. And I said, Oh cool, yeah, me too. And then I quickly realised as we were talking, <laughs> we are very different <laughs> le- <laughs> very, very different <laughs> levels. Um and then yeah, we just kind of stayed at the at London Marathon. I kind of looked up at the screens and roses at the Elite Start with all the women and I'm there in the masses. So she's just an amazing runner and such a lovely person and such, I just don't know how she fits it all in. And that was always, I'd, you know, we'd walk our dogs and she'd have done a tempo session and a swim and be walking the dog and I'd have just rolled mm. out of bed, walked Toby and moaned that I didn't have time to go running. So I think she's just <laughs> one of those people that makes you feel like, you know. More is possible. More is, but I think... Just so dedicated, and I think that comes across in the interview too. She's just had like an amazing year. I think amazing lockdown, which not a lot of us could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people got into like model railways or something, didn't they? But Rose actually making became bread. an elite marathon runner. Fantastic! And making bread, <laughs> making sourdough,
2: banana bread yeah. We all wasted so many hours trying to perfect that, and we'll look at what and she we-
1: was out there
3: like,
0: crushing <laughs> it with yeah. the,
1: with the, with yeah. the training. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I think we should we should get this wonderful overachieving person on on, I think. Should we get our yeah, guest definitely. of the week
0: out? Guest of the week,
1: here in the studio, guest of the week, sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete, an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete unknown our guest this week is runner and lawyer Rose Harvey, who last month ran the Seville Marathon in 2.27. Her rise to elite level marathon has come alongside working as a lawyer and we're delighted to have her on the podcast to talk more about how she's become one of the UK's best distance runners. So welcome to the Runners World podcast, Rose. Um, amazing sort of rise for you from being like a, like a very good runner to being a kind of elite runner. And I'm I think a lot of people listening will be interested to know how you made that transition from being really good to being great.
4: Yeah, so... I mean, it was basically a lockdown project that went a bit nuts. Um, (laughs) It it also, when I was um, was working like a pretty busy job and then um, at the start of lockdown, the company I was working for went under um, and I was made redundant. So I kind of went from very suddenly like working crazy hours um, to having a lot of time on my hands, Um, lockdown and obviously can't. Can't travel anywhere. I will do anything fun, so um, yeah, had had a bit of time to fill, and um, it coincided with my my now coach Phil. Um, he he spotted me down at down at the track at Battersea, um, actually like just before that, and said, "Would you be interested in some coaching?" And at the time, I was just like, "No, I you know I can't fit it in with work." Like, <laughs> no, no, yeah, 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 I can't do anything more. <laughs> yeah so I kind of parked it and then yeah then I got made redundant and I was like you know what actually it sounds like quite a fun little lockdown project so you know just see it was kind of nice training in summer see how fit I can get and I I had in my head like I wanted to get a Surrey vest like that was my big goal um I just wanted to like do this they do like 10ks and and some cross country I wanted to be in the Surrey team so I was like let's see how fit I can get see if I can get a Surrey vest by the end of summer um, so that's kind of how it all started um amazing and i just i just really enjoyed the training like I loved the structure and like phil obviously brilliant coach and just kind of got me improving so quickly um and it really just snowballed from there to be honest. I just kind of carried on and then and then i I got a new job but you know still working from home and I was like actually I'm really enjoying it so I'm just going to carry on and see see where it takes me um and then I just kind of got to got to the point where I signed up for um the first marathon I did after I started with the film which was Cheshire and I think I just kind of realized at that point that actually I'd I'd improved quite a lot um and I think over lockdown to be honest it's it was kind of hard to realized that at the time because you don't you don't have any races you don't have any benchmarks um but yeah then I then I did Cheshire and I was like oh I've kind of made it to the elite field <laughs> so what started is literally a lockdown project like I my intention was just to just to do it for a summer really and then you know I thought I thought I'll get a get another job and go back to go back to my old life um yeah it just went a bit nuts and <laughs> and has evolved into this this whole running career for me
3: um were you was what was your sporting uh background like before this because i mean natural ability obviously comes into play when you sort of get towards these very fast times so we were you, were you, have you always been active have you always been running did you run at school all those sorts of things
4: um not really to be honest i was actually <laughs> i was terrible at sport as a kid like really bad um in fact that was I I did I got into running I did a little bit of running at school but I basically got into it because um of this one uh, this sounds like very I, I don't think this would happen in schools anymore but um <laughs> our sports day is basically like the better you were at sports you got to you got to choose what events you did oh yeah yeah so I, um, because I was so terrible, I literally got like picked last and I got left with the 1500. No one wanted to do it. And I remember like, I went home and cried. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I it's not like I can't, you know, win. I literally cannot run 1500 meters in one go. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) I was in a proper panic and um, my mum was not terribly sympathetic and was just like, well, you better get out running. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I got out and did a bit of running and I was like, I must've been like 11, 12 at the time. Um, so I got out and kind of did a bit of jogging and um, somehow by sports day, I, I was like, I think I've got this, like, I think I can do 1500 meters. That was pretty much like the limit of my expectations though. Like I was just aiming, not in fact I don't think I really cared if I came last I just want didn't want to be like embarrassingly last so I did this race and I came second and I was like hang on I'm not that bad
1: (laughs) um
4: and from there I, I got into a bit of athletics at school um I did a little bit of cross country um I joined Worcester Athletics Club which was which is my local club so I did did a bit kind of throughout school. And then um, but, you know, I wasn't I wasn't exceptional by any means. I was I was like, all right. I think I maybe won won the next sports day. But that was that was about it. Um, and yeah, then I I didn't really do much after school, to be honest. It was it was, had a bit of a gap through uni. Um, and then it was only really when I when I moved to London that I I joined my running club and got back into it. So. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was particularly, you know, had good sporting pedigree or <laughs> or background, as far well as I know.
3: It's very interesting because it's, it's, it is quite rare that you get someone come through who's who's of your ability who gets to that point who's just a sort of the discovery is quite natural. There's always quite a sort of like, oh, that's seen at a young. Hold up. Age and it develops, you know, through a, the the club or a coach spies someone at uni you know, and there's all that. So it's always nice to see that there's a glimmer of hope for maybe a few people out there who, you know, who
0: <laughs> it's not too no, late. Not it's, not too late it's, it's definitely not too late. Too
3: late. <laughs> I was also chosen to do the 1500 meters and did it embarrassingly slowly, and it ru- and it ruined my relationship with running for a very long time because I just saw it as like this horrible thing. So our stories started uh, very similarly and then diverged very rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: A lot of the listeners won't know that we met Rose through our dogs and I I had no idea when you said you were a runner I was like oh cool me too and then I quickly realized we're not the same (laughs) Um, and we I remember saying to you like how do you fit it all in because we'd go for a walk and you'd have been like done a 20 mile run or done like something amazing in the morning and you say you've got a busy job but you're a lawyer like how does this how do you fit all that training in to one life with a dog and everything else that life has.
4: Yeah, it's definitely a bit. Um, it's a bit like kind of Jenga in life form. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, when I when I started kind of upping the game, um, obviously everyone was working from home, so that so that really helped. Um, and then I actually went when we all started going back to the office. To be honest, it was it was just too much just couldn't fit everything in so at that point I went part-time with with my job um and that just made a huge difference to be honest more in terms of recovery um I was just finding like before I was you know I'd, I'd be up at like 5 30 walk the dog do training go to work then you know finish at like 6 six thirty go to my session and I have to like work after my session and i would just be getting to bed like so late and then have to get up and you know doing that like five days a week and I just didn't see anyone <laughs> apart, from, <laughs> apart from my colleagues <laughs> and my training pals <laughs> which you know as much as I love them <laughs> my other friends kind of I was like I have I've got to have some kind of social life um so yeah I think it you know going part-time really helped um but you know it's still it's still tricky even with that i still you know the the nature of my job is you do have to work long hours sometimes but i kind of think it makes me more efficient in a way you know i know i've got to like i've got to get out the door to do my session and so it makes me more productive in the day um makes me a bit more efficient with with my time really and yeah i mean I'm not sponsored, so I've kind of got to
0: make it work. <laughs> quite, I mean, that is, I live in London.
4: I've got to pay the bills. That is,
3: I mean, that was obviously a bit of a gamble. Then, you know, going part time, you kind of you, you you took a bit of a a chance on the running bit being something that you could work at and and perhaps not make a well make a living from, but also sort of you know give it a go as as best you could. Was that sort of a a hard decision to make?
4: Yeah, it actually was, and um, I think at the time it almost felt very premature. Um, you know, I felt like, I guess partly because there weren't very many races, I hadn't achieved enough to go to warrant going part-time. But to be honest, it's a bit of a vicious circle because you kind of need you need to take the take the leap of faith to to make the next step. But yeah, it is, it is a gamble. Um and yeah, I, I just kind of got to the stage that I was like I've got to you know, I've got to give it a shot. And um, it was, it's also about enjoyment really. I was, I kind of felt like I wasn't doing anything that well because I was, I was overstretched and I would enjoy both if I, if I just cut down my hours a bit. Um, so yeah, it was, you know, it was also about like enjoying both a bit more um, and yeah, just, just, it was a bit of now or never as well, really. Um, I thought it might so might so give it a good crack and can always go back full time if it doesn't work out. <laughs> so,
1: so you you run for um for Clapham Ch- Chasers um which has become a sort of powerhouse of really good female runners um obviously Steph Davis is probably the best known um do you think there's a reason why that is and how has the club and the coaches helped you to become a, a much better runner?
4: Yeah, um, I mean chasers is. Sort of how it all started for me really i i joined when i moved to london really just to meet people um and it's just such a friendly club it they just i don't know it just makes running so much more fun in a way um you know just having people to meet up with and i started out just doing like the easy social runs but then you get into the sessions and um you know just having having like the groups to run with and the session structure I think if you're kind of like fairly new to running or you know, I, I hadn't ever like really done sessions as such before. Um, so I'm I think I improved really quickly when I first joined Chases just because I was kind of having that um yeah, that structure and um pushing it a bit harder. Um so yeah, it's it's I think just you know having that having that like structure and and the great people there and everyone's just so encouraging um you know it's like so it's so kind of open to all abilities and um there's always someone to like pull you around and and get you a bit quicker so um yeah i mean i think like anyone who's looking to improve their running a bit or or get into it joining a club is just
2: like the best way to do it You've trained with um Steph Davis who we know puts a massive focus on cross training. Do you have a similar kind of training or what's your approach to kind of cross training? How do you kind of how do you use it in your plan, I guess?
4: Yeah, so when I um when I started with Phil, like, I did loads of cross training. Um I mainly cuz you know when I before I kind of started training properly, I was doing like 35-40 miles a week. Um, which for like marathon runner is, is pretty low mileage. Um, so when I started out, I was supplementing a lot with like elliptical bike, swimming. Um, I also dabbled in triathlon before, <laughs> before I took t- running a bit more seriously. So I think it kind of came quite naturally to me to, um, to still do a bit of cycling and swimming. And, you know, I, I really enjoy cycling in particular as well. So it's kind of nice to have the variety um and yeah it was just you know it's a great way to like get in the cardio work without building up too quickly and risking injury um but i've over the last two years i've sort of built up my mileage gradually and as i've as i've done more mileage i've kind of done less cross training um but yeah i mean i still i still go on the go on the bike three or four times a week just to keep the legs turning over without like doing you know cracking out 100 mile weeks every every time I think especially in London like you're running on the pavement the whole time it's it's quite it's quite heavy going on the on the shins and calves and everything um but yeah I mean I think like for me I've I feel like I've taken quite well to increase mileage um but I do still think cross training is a great way of just getting in a bit of extra cardio work when when you don't want to put like quite so much strain on your body. Um and you know it's like it's such a it's such an individual thing. Mileage is really not like a one size fits all policy. I don't think there's any like right or wrong. So I think it's just, you know, about finding your s- sweet spot really and and then supplementing as as you need to.
3: For sure. Before we talk about Seville as a race, what was your build up to Seville like?
4: Um so yeah, I mean we were we were really lucky that um I, we got out to Spain um, for kind of four and a half, five weeks beforehand, um, basically just to escape January in <laughs> England because it's grim. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, that was, that was great. I mean, in terms of like the actual sessions we did, you know, we did pretty much all the same sessions as we would have done in England, but it just felt so much easier to train out there, you know, having great weather and had kind of everything at our doorstep, it was yeah, it was brilliant. Um but yeah, I mean in terms of like the structure, we did um two or three sessions a week. We'd do one track session um on Tuesday. And then Thursday would be like a, a tempo or a we sometimes do a midweek long run. Um and then Saturday or Sunday would do like a big, bigger kind of tempo or marathon pay session. So that was that's how we've always done our sessions really.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, and then lots of easy miles in between. So I think I was doing about eighty-five miles a week right. in the build up to Seville. Yeah, yeah. Which for me is like the highest mileage I've ever done. It's not actually, I think for a lot of people it's quite quite low still. But no, um, sounds um, like yeah. a lot to me. So yeah. not like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that was like the typical week and then a couple of gym sessions in there as well. Um but yeah, it was, it was really good. Okay,
1: good training. yeah. What, what about Seville then? Because it's become such a destination for um, elite and, and sort of sub-elite runners. It seems to be like, you want to go and run a marathon PB, Seville is probably number one choice if you can get out there. What, what What is it about that course and that race that makes it so appealing?
4: Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is the weather. It's just, <laughs> I was honestly feeling so relaxed before Seville and I realized a lot of it was just like, I wasn't worrying about, the factors outside of my control like the weather just wasn't a worry because I was like I know it's going to be sunny and I know it's not going to be windy (laughs) like it's just I feel like before every you know before like London I was constantly I became obsessed with BBC weather and I was like (laughs) I need to stop (laughs) because BBC weather lies (laughs) so (laughs) um but yeah I think like the weather the weather is definitely a really big factor um the course is great too it's really flat um, and I guess it's, you know, elites, elite sign up and then attract more elites. Like there's, there's fast yeah. people to hmm. run with. Um, the pace groups were nuts. Like there were really fast pace groups. Um, and you know, each pace group has like a official pacer for them. So yeah, I think, I think it's a bit of like sheep following each other as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah <sure>. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for good reason, it's, yeah. it's a great race
3: smells good all those oranges delicious yeah
2: (laughs) didn't (laughs) quite land that one ben
4: (laughs)
3: yeah i thought i would better elaborate
2: (laughs) i was wondering
3: (laughs) but that's what always someone's people have said to me they've come back and gone it just smells like oranges everywhere but i mean i I mean that's that sounds but perhaps they've romanticized their time there
2: yeah i didn't really notice that i think the running too quick <laughs> too quick yeah
4: and the other problem was i am um, they had like cups of water on the course and at like about 35k i went to chuck a cup of water on my face and it was gatorade <sighs> oh my so God. literally like my own riding <laughs> and by that stage you're kind of feeling like a little bit sicky anyway yeah. so by that stage mm. i like my overriding memory was just this, like smell of. <laughs> oh, no. That's definitely not the
3: romanticized version of what I've heard about yet
2: <laughs> No, it was really grim and yeah. really sticky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then what are the what are the goals for the rest of twenty twenty two What's what what are you planning? So,
4: um I mean, it's still I feel like this year's a bit up in the air, but um there's I'm hoping I'm, I'll be selected for for one of the summer champs so there's um this summer there's there's the world championships the european championships and the commonwealth games which is like it is only really fallen like that because of covid um and and competitions getting pushed back but yes yeah, it's a super exciting year that there's like three summer champs that that might be selected for um you can only do one but kind of more i guess more chance of being selected um so yeah keeping fingers crossed that I'll be picked for something um do you and, have one that
3: you'd love to do have you if you rank them in terms of like well
4: <laughs> I you know what I don't know um anything would just be like the most incredible yeah experience for sure um I think you know Commonwealth games being a home one would be would be really cool yeah um and I went to union Birmingham so that'd be quite fun um but you know world Champs is Oregon
2: which also nice be incredible <laughs> yeah
4: the gb best um so yeah i mean anything would be would be oh, really sure. fun. um so that's the big goal and yeah hope, hopefully i'll visit some cool places on training camps um so that's that's kind of the running side and then i'm also working on um this i'm working on a project with my with my coach and a couple of couple of other guys um to set up like an an academy for for junior athletes um and the goal basically is to is to give them all the same opportunity so it's really focused on on kids from low-income families um and the idea being that they they join the academy they you know they get coaching from phil and the academy can support them with um, some funding for like kit physio um, yeah just to just to give them like the same opportunity as as other kids to get into it I think you don't realize until you you know running seems like such a cheap sport until you got to pay yeah. like physio costs and 200 pounds of trainers and it's um, yeah so so we're working on that project and it kind of got it going a bit at the end of last year but really looking to like launch it um launch it this year and we're working with um Wandsworth Wandsworth Council and Enable Group to um to yeah to to get stuff on running. So that's that's a super exciting project and yeah really looking forward to to working on that this year as well.
3: Right. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Off the back of you know how your journey into running it kind of just goes to show that it's just an opportunity, isn't it? Like that's all that people really yeah. need.
4: Yeah, exactly. And you know I think There's so many kids with so much potential and they just, you know, if they don't have, you've got parents who like can't have much they want to support it. They can't then, you know, it's, it's, there must be so many kids out there with incredible potential that are just undiscovered. Um, and, and it's, it's fun as well. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I've
3: got one more faster than faster than two twenty seven.
4: Well, that's the goal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You see,
4: yeah <laughs> got to keep the pv street going exactly exactly
1: oh. Rose, thanks so much for uh, for coming on the the runners world podcast talking about your amazing um rise through running and also that project sounds um fantastic we, yeah something that we should we should talk about again later in the yeah, year
4: that would be great yeah we'd love to um and thank you so much for having me it's been great to be
1: on so that brings us to the end of this week's runners world podcast a huge thanks to our guest rose harvey and to you of course for listening
3: You can subscribe to Runners World magazine by going to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash (laughs) runners-world-magazine-subscription.
2: Snappy. Snappy. (laughs) You can
3: get three issues for £5. You
2: know, I'm sure you already know because you're already listening, but we're on Acast, iTunes and all the best podcast apps. And yeah, please do subscribe and we'll see you again next week. It gets more and more unprofessional every time.